Oh my god. We have fun. Okay. We? we do have fun. <laughs> so fun. And with that, with that, let's start this episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Luck We Had a Shameless Recap podcast. This is the mini sode for the penultimate shameless episode, season 11, episode 11. Fuck, what was the name? The Fickle Lady is Calling It Quits. Did we even get a reference to that title in the episode? Nope. It must be a literary reference of some sort. Because we googled it last episode and we couldn't find, we couldn't anything, find anything that it made sense. It's gotta be about Frank. Like, it's gotta be about I feel be like it Frank. has to, but it seemed like there was no... Is the fickle lady, like, heroin? Maybe, because it seemed like there was no symbolic meaning to it when me and Lena googled it, but then they every now and then they name drop, like, this episode title, but they didn't even name drop this title. Yeah. I don't know. It was... I, that's why that's why the name of it didn't stick in my head because I was like I it had nothing yeah. to do with the episode. Mm-hmm. But this is season eleven, episode eleven, the fickle lady is calling it quits. We are your hosts, Amanda, Evan, Lena. Welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. And we have things. Apparently, we have very different opinions on this episode, and that's okay. It seems like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm beefing a little, just a little. I just rewatched it, and uh, to be clear, I fast-forwarded through all of the Debbie and Carl storylines, and wow, it was a better episode for it. Wow. Maybe had... that's why Maybe that's why I'm beefing so hard. <laughs> yeah, because Debbie and Carl is bad, and we'll get to that, but the previously on, we love winning. We Woo. love winning on an air mattress. I felt so bad. I was like, I was like, oh my god, I'm interrupting them. <laughs> <laughs> People are doing the parallels to, like, the season one when Terry walked in on them and that, and, like... It works. Mm. There was a lot of little parallel moments in this episode that I caught that I really liked. I did liked. notice yeah. that too. Rewarding longtime viewership. It's what Nancy Pimentel does best. They fed us. Yeah. Oh, should we say who wrote and directed? Oh yes. yeah, Nancy wrote this one. Who directed this one? Ian. Oh, see, that's an all-star team right there. I like that. They're bringing, they're bringing in the big guns for the last two episodes. Yeah, except John Wells apparently is not one of the big guns. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to be affiliated but yeah, so Nancy wrote this one and Ian, uh, what's his last name? Ian, Ian McDonald. Ian B. McDonald. Which they are returning, returning stars for us. And Nancy also wrote all of the Hall of Shames. Did she yeah, write all of them? She did. Mm-hmm. She wrote all of the Hall of Shames. Yeah. We love the previously on that they probably didn't intend to be a parallel moment, but I'm taking as a parallel moment. And I thought it was really nice. Ian and Mickey, we stay winning in their massive, like, king-sized air mattress. <laughs> they don't have a bed yet. Why they didn't just take their mattress from their room in the Gallagher house, I'll never know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were probably figuring it out because they were, it seemed like they were still living at both places a little bit because it was like, they were packing up all their stuff, so... But before we get to the vastly more interesting storyline of Ian and Mickey, let's get through all the sludge. All right, let's get through the worst storyline of the episode. <laughs> our lineup this week is going to be Carl, Debbie, Kevin V, Lip, Ian and Mickey, and then Liam and Frank. Yeah, I know we normally end on Ian and Mickey, but we have to end on Frank this week. But so, we have to end on Frank. I honestly think Debbie had the worst storyline this episode, not even Carl. Agree. But let's get through Carl. Uh, And I'm done. I'm done talking about Carl now. <laughs> well, for everybody who missed it, Carl is now a meter maid. Oh, yeah. no, there was one important thing that happened. He ran into Tish. Yeah, and time isn't real and pregnancy He's... doesn't matter. She's pregnant as shit. She's so, so, so pregnant. And we're supposed to infer that he's the father of her baby, but there's no way. I feel like what happened, maybe. She was not pregnant two episodes ago. She looked like she's like eight, nine months pregnant. I was like, there's right? no way she would have. I feel like maybe what happened is that she was already pregnant 
And then she was like, she was like, I need somebody who will like take care of me. And that's why she was asking about the pension and shit. So like he was right with that. And then she did try to trap him, but she was already pregnant. She was just trying to make him think that it was his. Do you know what I mean? That makes sense. That, see that amount of thought that you just put into that, more thought than the writers put into it. But it's also like, now I feel like she's just going to leave him alone because maybe she found somebody else because she was driving like a nicer car. Yeah. Yeah. It was was her boss's car. Yeah. Yeah. That- sucked um we the renegade how they know that tiktok exists enough to do a renegade scene and yet mickey is watching cinnamon challenges they choose the one dance that was over a year ago two years ago that was a trend and choose mickey to look at the cinnamon challenge of all the memes they're so behind like like in time time wise like when they wrote the season it's like of course like that reference is going to be a little outdated to us because we're still up to date but like but they shot it like a month and a half ago yeah i that scene is honestly my villain origin story i hated it so so much i was so mad and uh, the whole time i was watching the episode i was thinking about what you said last week lena that the writers don't care about carl the character anymore they only care about carl the cop and i'm like you're right you're right they don't care about carl the gallagher they care about Carl, the cop that they. He's created. literally never even really in family scenes anymore. Ian is never in family scenes. Yeah, he he's not like involved. I know we're gonna talk about this, but I feel like they have forgotten that Ian exists as a character outside of Mickey. Listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I know we all get caught up in the whole like Ian and Mickey whirlwind. Like we love them so much, but it's like we all forget that Ian literally has a family and a father who is dying of dementia is dying and he is nowhere involved in that no you're right you're right they really only act like lip debbie and liam are like the gallagher's and like everybody else is sort of like just around like everybody else just sort of floats around like lip debbie and liam are the only ones holding up like the family part of any of it which is super annoying i hate Mm -hmm. it so so much okay it's so frustrating because like they're like not involved in anything and then all of a sudden there would be like a living room scene while they're all caught up and I'm like so what have you been doing this entire time they're all there for family meetings but then they're never actually involved in like the plot that they're talking about because like yeah oh family meeting like like Frank has dementia and then it's like oh but Liam and Debbie are the only ones who are actually Liam Debbie and Lip are the only ones who are actually going to interact with Frank though even yeah. though Carl and Ian were there at the yeah. family meeting talking about this Carl Another cop thing happened, and he's. Th- I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm bored by Carl. Okay, I would like to. I'd like to say one thing that I enjoyed about Carl's thing is that his whole speech to the landlord guy with the other cop next to him. I was glad that they did put his foot down in that sense, but I'm like, you're still keeping him in the system, and his speech didn't do anything for him. It just got him demoted, and of course, his black superior was like, "You shouldn't have done that," but I'm inspired by your words, and I'm like. You're part of the problem as well. You know that. I wish he would have just quit. Yeah. And like just the narrative of like, oh, but he's going to be one of the good ones. Fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Stop. Stop it. Well, but then it's like, oh, so then his solution is just to ticket nice cars and give people with like shitty cars a break because like giving the poor a break and like that is doing nothing to help the actual injustices of racism in the police force. Carl because this white ass writer's room doesn't actually know what the fuck they're doing it's stupid and they shouldn't the whole cop storyline was a mistake like for the whole season and it never got better at any point i liked when carl was like a silly little vigilante for the neighborhood 
I would love Vigilante Carl. Vigilante Carl. We said this in a previous episode. Vigilante Carl would have been a better storyline. So much better. Like, why? Yeah. Like, maybe (laughs) they felt like, maybe they felt like they needed to make him a cop because of all the Black Lives Matter stuff. But honestly, I think they could have done a better job having Carl. Oh my God. If Carl was literally involved in the protests, if he was a community organizer, like helping out for things like that, that would have been so much better. Yeah. Why do we have to talk about the cops? The way that we are better writers than the writers, I can't. Okay, so <laughs> that would have been more interesting. Carl being a cop is boring and I hated this. I fast forwarded through all of his scenes the second time I watched it because it was a waste of time. Speaking of a waste of time. I hate Debbie. <laughs> let's introduce a brand new character in our penultimate episode. Let's spend like five minutes doing solo scenes of this brand new character in our second to last episode ever. That made me so mad. We were like, she has gotten five scenes of just herself in the second to last episode of a series. That scene of her, like, in her mom's house, I was like, why? I don't care. I don't care. We don't have enough time to learn about her backstory. Like, it just was so just, I don't care. I don't care. And I don't care about Debbie. And I don't care that she's getting another greasy, hard-ass lesbian significant other. I don't care. <laughs> the way they could have cut out every epi- every scene of hers right until right before she held the gun to Debbie, we didn't need to know anything about her until that moment. She could have just done that one thing to Debbie and we would have already understood. We would have understood exactly her past already. Like I like I don't know, it's so frustrating. That and it's also just like what is the point of having her like of expanding on her storyline with Sandy and giving them drama and stuff rather than just having them just like break up? What was the point of giving them an actual storyline if they were just going to not have Sandy? They're just going to spiral Debbie and make her not even a proper significant other when they tried to build up her arc with giving her a significant other. Yeah, and they're really going to act like this is like Debbie's like person because it's the whole like, oh, well, you have to find somebody who's a bigger loser than you are and then they won't leave you. And it was just like... Also, freaking, when they're going back and forth between how bad they are, Debbie just going like, I raped the guy, I blah, blah, blah. I was like... Oh, so you remember everything? Suddenly? So you remember that you committed a crime and you actually aren't innocent. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. And like, there was another parallel moment in the bar when she goes, Kev, what's wrong with me? And that paralleled her in, I think, season two when she did the same thing. It was either season one or season two, like when she was talking to Ethel, she was talking to Ethel and she was like, why does no, do no boys want me? And then she asked Kev, like, what's wrong with me? Am I ugly or something? Oh, I I interpreted it as that one point when Svetlana like gave her a makeup and he's like, what did she do to your face? (laughs) There's been a couple different Debbie scenes like that, but it's just like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And she's like, everybody treats me like crap. I'm like, you um, trapped a man, uh, raped a man, uh, took advantage of a disabled man. Statutory raped a woman. Treated Sandy like shit. Tr- yeah. Like what? This, you are the common denominator here, Debbie. You're the bad person. It's like all of your other siblings are doing fine in the romance department. You are the only person who is the problem. And then I also noticed is that they did a whole like 180 to her and she was just continuously saying partner, not like girlfriend anymore. So they like she only was saying like partner. So she was like including guys and girls. But I was like, what happened to this whole arc of Debbie's a lesbian? Besides she like raped, she had sex with that uh, gay guy. And, like With that one guy, maybe she had sex with that gay guy and she was like, 
She was like, maybe I'm saying. Because do you remember when she first um, like started realizing she was a lesbian and she was dating that one mechanic and she was talking about like dick and stuff like that. And like her girlfriend was like, all right, I can't do this. You're a first time lesbian. You still like guys. I'm not doing this. The biphobia in this show. Literally. The biphobia. Yeah, it's like if she's going to be bisexual, just make her bisexual. Yes, but the writers hate bisexual people. They are biphobic. I don't know. For me and Shameless, like... I know that a lot of the times, like, they always forget so many things, but I felt like it was really, like, prominent that they were only saying partner when Debbie was referring to, like, a, some dating someone or, like, having a relationship with someone. I was like, where did your whole I'm a lesbian only thing go? <laughs> like, not saying, like, she can't be bi, but I'm like, Debbie doesn't even know at this point. Well, it's like, it's like bi or lesbian, don't care. I still hate her. Yeah. Just pick one, though. There's no redeemable qualities about her. They've they've ruined her entirely. Yep. Like her only good quality is Franny. She used to be so sweet and good, and now it's like even when she was going through that like bitchy teenager phase, I was like, oh, it's the bitchy teenager phase. Like she'll grow out of it, and then she but didn't. She never did. Mm-hmm. Why? Meanwhile, her kid is an angel. Her kid I is the perfect Franny. baby in the entire goddamn world. That's the only Debbie's only good trait is having Franny. Mommy's a loser. Franny and her scenes is what makes it better. <laughs> Mommy's a loser. <laughs> So true, Franny. <laughs> so true, Franny. But, you know, let let me date this woman who just held a gun to my daughter's head. That's a great idea. Dude, what is wrong with her? She literally was like, oh, yeah, you just threatened to shoot my child with my child present. Stockholm Syndrome. I am in love with you, I think. That's how it works. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You said, you, so you're saying if you get held at gunpoint and told to not move, you're not going to fall in love with them? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Wait, you're totally right. I know. Thank you. <laughs> If I was put in a jigsaw trap, I would just fall in love with the puppet. <laughs> I would just fall in love with John Kramer, actually. So, so yeah, for the record, in the, on this podcast, in, like, the first three seasons when we're like, oh, Debbie, oh, baby, Debbie, we love her. That's because she's a literal child. Yeah, it's because um, Emma didn't know how to direct her lines yet, so it was very innocent. <laughs> yeah. And Debbie was a literal child figuring out her life. Now she's a full-grown woman who is just the worst all the time. Even season four, I was still just like, I don't hate her. Like, she's being a she's being a bitchy teen, but she still had, like, really good moments, like, mm-hmm. redeeming moments. And she's, she had a lot of good Ian moments. Thing. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to mention. Like, especially in, like, the Ian stuff. Like, she was, like, a pretty prominent and, like, had good things going on for her during that stuff. And then suddenly they made her start dating people and it was like, I don't think that Frank is the reason that she's bad at love. I think that Holly, I think that Holly is the reason that she is bad at love. I think Holly taught her to crave male validation. Is, was that the Dove Cameron girl who got the, like, they got a new actor? Is that, yeah, that they had, okay. yeah, they had Dove Cameron and then they recasted her. Because Dove Cameron went later. to Disney. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think those two are the reason why Debbie is so fucked up. It's just so annoying to watch the penultimate episode of this series I have watched for 11 years and not give a shit about two of its main characters. It's so upsetting because you would think you would be so invested because you we watch these you characters. You grew up with them. You watch them grow you up. You watch these characters grow up and go through all of their different, like, ages. Like, it's different with, like, Lip and Ian because they were already, like, pretty late in their teens. But no, we watch these babies grow. And, like, the fact that it's so disappointing to be, like, I'm very uninterested in their story. Like, I hate they you. don't I can't like I feel like I can't relate to them even though they're the only ones who are the closest to me in age. Yeah, it's so disappointing. Yeah, speaking of disappointing, the the second the first time I watched the episode I really liked Kevin V's storyline. The second time I watched it I was like, "Oh, nothing happened." To me, it felt like 
a lot happened, but also nothing. And also at the same time, the fact that they didn't tell anyone anything and the first time everyone was finding out about them moving was Kevin B telling them right then and there. And I was like, Like, why did what? you not tell them when you got back? Like, oh, we're thinking about moving. The fact that the house was already, the house was already bought and then they were telling everyone too. And I was like, that just seems so inconsiderate and out of character for them because you know how much like they're all back and forth with are. them. And like not really going much into Lip's uh, stuff yet. But like, when Lip's like, you're not going to be my neighbors anymore. Like, they didn't tell anyone, and everyone just got rocked. They didn't tell them until it was already happening, right? And then the, and it's just like, they didn't even tell their kids. Like, I'm so happy for them, but I'm just, the way it just was delivered, I was like, I'm very upset and hurt. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, it. there were a couple different things that felt out of character about this for me. One was Veronica not, like, giving a shit about kev being upset veronica fake crying for kev at the very end i would have preferred if she had just actually cried if she had actually been like wait i'm kind of realizing how big of a deal this is to me nope but then she just turned it and she was like nope i fucking hate this place we're moving forward i was like even kev was like that was mean i was like i was hurt for him there and she just threw away a picture of herself and her husband from 15 years ago. Like, that is a memento. You keep that. Yeah. Your like, kids are going to want that. Things in the bar don't matter, but I'm like, personal and things. I was saying to Lena before we started recording, you know what would have made their storyline, like, be a storyline and not just nothing in that episode? Is if, like, the real estate agent was in the bar the whole time walking them through how to sell the bar. Mm. That would have been something something happening. Because they did say they got a commercial real estate agent. That would have been like an action that we saw happening in the bar that moved the bar forward. But it was just like word of mouth, just no, just being like, oh, they're going to sell the bar, I guess. Like, or like we, wa- like we got to see a scene of them like maybe trying to sell their house. Like maybe they hadn't sold the house yet and they sell it this episode. And the fact we didn't even see their realtor, but then lip like has to call them and like get an in-person interview but i'm like why didn't we see kevin b talking to the realtor and then that pan that would overlap into lip storyline instead of lip just finding a phone number you can really tell when a writer does not give a shit about a character nancy nancy didn't give a shit about kevin b yeah she seemed Mm -hmm. like she didn't give a shit about them she didn't give them any of their own qualities either it was just their only personalities right now are let's pack let's move tell everyone we're moving yeah, they literally ended Kevin V's storyline last episode. They're like, all right, we, and we wrapped everything up with Kevin V, and they're still, like, around for two more episodes. Then, yeah, so they they hand off the phone number of the realtor to Lip. And Lip, okay, so Lena and I discussed, maybe he isn't drinking, because this, this is the episode where they should have revealed They would have revealed yeah. it if he was. Yeah. But also, what the fuck is going on with him? He hasn't slept in three days. He's not doing good. And, like, I... I'm really just, I understand that he's the one taking over the whole Gallagher house, but I'm like, he's the only one doing all of that. Like, the fact that no one else is like, even though like, I know he took that responsibility, I'm like, he's digging himself a grave right now. Yeah. And also at this point, just live in the house. At this point, just live there. It looks like Ian and Mickey moved out on their own with no financial issue. Freaking, and then Carl's in the basement. He's out of the way. Freaking just kick Debbie out and they could have that whole house to themselves. Liam can keep his room. Freaking Lip and Tammy can get Ian and Mickey's old room. And then... uh, Well, what? Because Debbie doesn't want to move out? No, I'm saying kick Debbie out. And then they can have just their own house with Carl in the basement, Liam and Fred upstairs, and then Tam and Lip I feel like Carl would gladly move out. 
Oh, no, I think he would, but he's the one who hasn't been pushing it the most. Carl and Debbie would get a place together because she just doesn't want to be alone. I'm just saying, like, at this point, it doesn't feel urgent. Like, the reason to to leave the house is just that the series is ending. Like, there's no reason he's got to get out right now. Yeah. So, like, all of this work feels like, what are, what are you doing? What are, what doing? are you doing? And, like, I was like, is he exhibiting symptoms of mania? Because he is, like... He is losing it. He started, like, selling all their shit because they were like, oh, we're going to tear the houses down. Okay, why are you selling your stuff? I know you need, I know you want the money, but it's like, if you sell the house to them, they're going to sell what, whatever's in there. They're going to take care of it. Well, no, this is new stuff. This was new appliances that he bought to fix up the kitchen. Then he's oh. like, well, fuck it. If they're going to tear the house down, I'm just selling the appliances. Yeah. Right, right, right. I thought. I thought it was, like, the other stuff. I was like... No, it was like a new dishwasher and a new fridge and a new microwave. I the way they timed out the him with the realtor, I really enjoyed that scene because it seemed like he was definitely getting a bargain up there. And like when he pushed the three hundred, I thought that was pushing it. And I was like, yeah, I was expecting him to push get that two fifty. And I was like kind of excited because I was like, oh hell yeah, he he did his old negotiating. They're gonna get that supply in, and then. I, for, I knew, knowing Shameless, I was like, it's probably going to not end up in his favor. But then the way his conversation with Tammy, like, Tammy's just, all of her and Lip's conversations now, like, she's just so angry. And I'm like, just have at least some normal conversation to be able to establish that his his decisions aren't the best, but she's just so negative. All right, go, Amanda. <laughs> I have, like, a unique view into the whole real estate part of it, too. Because, like, yeah, pushing for 300 did sound insane. However... There's a house on my block. It is literally across the street from me. Oh, yeah, you it told is, us, I think. We live in, like, sort mm-hmm. of a... I, I cut it out of the last episode. Mm. We live in sort of, like, an area where a lot of the houses were built really similarly. So the house across the street from us is pretty much the exact same house with, like, one or two, like, nicer bathrooms. Sold for twice as much as it's worth. Because that's just how houses are selling right now. Guys, the economy is going to crash. Like, something <laughs> yeah. terrible is going something, to happen very soon. Something gonna happen. But, like, my, cous- my cousin cannot buy... She sold her house. She can't buy a house right now. Because everything that she's looking for is twice as expensive as it should be right now. <laughs> so, him pushing for $300 is not entirely unrealistic with the real estate market <laughs> right now. But it's for a developer. So, he did. He fucked up. Yeah. Well, fucked up. I mean, I don't... I... Okay, with the thing about Tammy being angry, I get also, it. Also, Tammy, wear your mask challenge. Tammy, you're in- Tammy. You work at a hair salon. Wear your mask challenge. But it's like, t- like okay, with Tammy being like angry, like how you said, I get it because at the I end of the it. day, he he did lose the house. He did. He yeah. lost the deal. Yeah, yeah. They could have had two hundred fifty thousand. They could have had more than they were. Like Kevin V only got like what one seventy five. Yeah, yeah. And then he got offered two hundred right there, right there. And like, and then she also offered him what two fifty. It's yeah. like I knew he was going to lose it. He should have just taken it. Is it uncommon for that realtor to not get back to him in time to be like, um, actually, no, we're going to buy the other house for cheaper because- No, houses get sniped all the time. Okay. Yeah, but I think, th- I think the guy, like, she probably went over to discuss with the guy, like, hey, were you, like, are you thinking about maybe selling your house to us? And the guy immediately was just like, I'll sure. do deal right now. Yeah, because she gave him, because she gave him the 200000 too, because he probably knew about the one seventy five from Kevin V. So, that, of course, they're going to realize- other people are going to be like, mm, give me a little bit more money for my house. 
Yeah, like yeah. Lip thought he was the special one that had the last house left. And well, it's because they it's because they have that empty lot on the other side that it makes yeah. sense that he would be like, oh, well, you need my house because it's the last house on the block. Mm. But I yeah. I feel like realistically, I feel like for a realtor, wouldn't it make sense that they want the end house, not three in the middle? Yeah, but if you could get it for seventy five thousand dollars less. And, like, you building your thing is going to push that family out anyway. You're going to eventually get that land for a cheaper price. True. Yeah, I mean, they're already looking to sell the house, so... But I am worried about... Li- like, literally, I was just saying, in the kitchen scene, at the end, where you, like, dropped the cabinet, and he, he leaned against the counter, I so thought, when he put his hand out on the counter, he was going to come up with a beer can in his hand. That's, that's exactly what I thought. Or he was going to... I thought I thought he was going to turn around and go to the fridge and get a beer. And then I thought it. he was going to have a beer already and just like hit it. And that was going to be our one thing being like, ooh, we knew he's been spiraling ooh. the last couple episodes. But it just probably just is like, Shamus didn't think this much into it. But it's probably just Jeremy Allen White being like, I need to make it seem like I'm more fucked up than just being like, oh, the house is selling. Like he seems like his whole yeah. demeanors and change. It's definitely Jeremy embellishing. Yeah. Definitely yeah. Jeremy re- like doing the, doing the work. Mm-hmm. And like with no support, with no support, <laughs> so adding the depth that we deserve into the character that the writers are just not because giving. if he didn't do that, we wouldn't be thinking that closely about his storyline or like how he's going through. But like, if we were just given like, oh, I'm angry, we would have been like, yeah. he's angry. But like, it's just oh, he's, he's angry. Oh, mm, lips being angry again. Like it's- he's pulling a null. <laughs> he's going through, and he's like, "All right, so you gave me this. I'm going to portray something better. I'm going to give you all something, of it. Something else. You give me an appetizer. I'm giving you a full course meal." So yeah, lip is definitely on like my top three of the week. However, this episode was for Mickey. This Noel did that in this episode. He was just I funny. Loved it. He was funny. I mean, he he was just like he just like gave a good performance. I mean, it wasn't anything like emotionally groundbreaking or what and whatnot. I, I disagree. Like- I disagree. I really liked. <laughs> no, hear hear me out. I really liked the way that they explored Mickey's character in this because like it opened up with him like he is trying. He moved to the West Side. Mm-hmm. He's there and like Ian's sleeping like a baby and he's trying and he's like, you know what? Maybe some. Maybe some violent noises. Noises that I'm used to. His version of white noise will help me sleep. No, it won't. I'm going to go for a walk. This sucks. I'm just going to go back to the place where I feel comfortable because, oh, the Gallagher house is a safe place and that is really sweet. When he walked in and him and lived. I mean, I beef with you for sending that message being like, there's too much distance between them. You should kiss. I was like, you need to shut your mouth before I destroy you. (laughs) They were standing on opposite sides of the room. I was like... What if they kissed right now? <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing a podcast with a licky shipper right now. I hate this for us. I don't even. I just think it's so it's funny to so be like, funny. what if they kissed? <laughs> anyway, that amount with Mickey and like Mickey, he's trying so hard to be this thing with Ian and like, and accept this new life. But like, he's been through a lot. Like, it is hard to shake off like your entire identity like that and moving out of the south side into the west side feels like him ripping a part of his identity away from himself and he's coping in the best way that he can did they use some of it for cheap laughs yeah and like did they forget that mickey worked the laundry in prison and knows how to do laundry also yes but 18 tide pods just don't what the hell bag. but we do love a hawaiian shirt 
Why wasn't he wearing the Hawaiian shirt for the rest of the episode? Oh my right? god. The funniest thing, so when I watched that scene, I started laughing because literally two days ago, I was doing laundry and I spilled a bunch of shit on like my pants. So I went down to do laundry. So like I stripped and just threw all my stuff in the laundry. And then I was like, oh, I have clothes in the dryer. And then I just got dressed with my dryer clothes and then went up and did my business. And I was like, wow, Mickey's plagiarizing my life. Oh my god, <laughs> he's copying you. I was like, and a floral shirt. I see you. I really see. I I really liked all the solo Mickey stuff we got in Me this. Too. It sh- it gave us a little window into the way that he was feeling about the move, which I really liked. I mean, yeah, because the one thing is like he doesn't like to be made feel like to feel stupid. He doesn't like to feel smaller. People were calling him stupid in like the whole episode. Like that the the rental agreement lady, I hated her. The fact that she she was like, Oh, that's so cute. I've never had anyone say that to me. And I was like, Is it cute because he he's gay? Is it because he's gay? Is that why that cute is? Is the, it that the or is it cause he or is cause you think that he's like dumb and poor? Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause it's just like I, I understand like him moving to the West Side, he just because obviously there's a there's completely different rules there. There's a different culture. And so it's like he doesn't like to feel stupid. He doesn't like to feel out of place. He likes to feel like the smartest, wittiest person in the room. And that... He has Dean Winchester derangement systems. Exactly. He has a... Uh, no, honestly, he has Napoleon Dynamite syndrome. Not Napoleon Dynamite. He has Napoleon Bonaparte syndrome. Um, <laughs> something wrong with me, actually. He has Dean Winchester derangement syndrome, and I stand by that. He's... A full idiot but i don't know it's just the the fact that they always use him for cheap laughs now and they make him throw tantrums first of all embarrassing the, pools, the stealing all the pool chairs and then just ian sitting in the pool watching him and they're like is that your husband he's like yeah i love ian like sinking down sinking down hiding behind the tiny lady until he's like mickey mickey you have to put the chairs down and then mickey didn't even notice he was there he was just going to let him do it, and then he, it got really bad, and then he was like, ooh, I should probably stop it. It was so funny when Mickey was like, what the fuck are you doing in the pool? Also, I love the makeup department. Having the right kind of water-resistant makeup to put the tattoo on Cam's back, but not enough to cover up the one on his leg. I noticed that one on Cam's leg. I just think they decided to just to keep it in. That's Cameron's own tattoo. I think they just decided to keep it in. Yeah. Because they also keep in his, his bicep tattoo. His moon. They, yeah. they try to cover it up sometimes and it doesn't work. So then sometimes they don't try to cover it the, up. It's really is weird. Is the tattoo on his chest, is that an Ian tattoo or is that a Cameron tattoo? The eagle is an Ian tattoo okay. and the tits are an Ian tattoo. Yeah. The moon on his arm and the one on his leg are both Cameron tattoos. Okay. And I think he has another one too. He has a Joker one on his ankle. I also beef with anybody who is mad at Ian, like, checking out the hot guy in the gym. He has eyes. Like, married people are allowed to know other people are hot. My only thing, he didn't try to, like, make a move, but I was like, why is this man still cruising? I was like, just calm down for two Because seconds. he and Mickey also fuck other people. Like, he, I know. like, everybody that's like, oh my god, he's gonna cheat. Like, no, he's, he is a man, and he is alive, and he has eyes, and that man is Like, hot. no, they're gonna have sex with this guy together. I, it was just yeah. annoying to me because I was like, Ian just kept on trying to like get the guy's attention. He was like, so new, new treadmills, like just trying to actively like talk this guy up. And I was like, I don't care. I was like, go bother, deal with your husband. First of all, Ian has no game at all. Second of no, all, he does not. I wish he would have fallen off that treadmill so I bad. Him to fall off the treadmill so, so bad. bad. <laughs> I'm the Joker, baby. It's the Joker. I wanted him. Way that entire scene, I was like, he's gonna go flying into the wall. Like I, I wanted, wanted him to do so, so bad. bad. 
I wanted to see it so bad. Anyway, people being like, oh my god, Ian's gonna cheat. Guys, are we looking at the same character? Every two seconds, every two seconds, Ian is like, monogamy to monogamy, monogamy, monogamy. Like, he, he is allowed to appreciate that another human being is hot and sexy. Like, that guy was hot. And Ian's like, hello, you are hot. Like, it was not that big of a deal. He wasn't even trying to, like, he really wasn't even trying to hit on him. The the thing about his abs, he said to himself. Yeah. And the guy had headphones in. He did not think that he could hear him. Also, I love that we're the kind of fandom that when spoilers came out about this episode, we're like, the scene they advertised to us didn't get cut. That's so exciting. (laughs) For the first time. Our bar is in the center of the earth. We're like, they advertised a scene many times and released stills and didn't cut it from the episode. That's amazing. There is something so severely wrong with Mickey. Can I piss in the pool? Freaking the way he goes, he goes, yup, 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 yup. And then he was like, all right, I need you. He was like, I need you not to steal things from the place we are living at. He goes, I feel like I'm fucking handcuffed. And I was like, when you were an idiot. I also, but I love their communication there when Ian's like, so what's up? What's going on with you? And Mickey's like, I feel uncomfortable. He's like, I'm not doing this reversed fucking thing. I love that Mickey using his words like, I feel uncomfortable. And Ian going like, okay, well then we don't have to live there. Like, like I understand. But then I loved Mickey. He was like, no, 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 you're doing this reverse fucking shit. I'm not going back. And then he goes, fine, we'll go back. <laughs> well, that was the thing. It was like, that wasn't even what he was trying to do. Yeah, it wasn't. And then Mickey was like, Okay, I'm giving in. <laughs> he was like, I hear you, husband. That makes you uncomfortable. We don't have to live there. We'll live somewhere else. And Mickey and was then like- And Mickey's like, what the fuck? <laughs> he was like, how dare you? How dare you suggest we do something that benefits how I'm feeling? Because I think it needed to be a choice for Mickey. I think it needed to be him deciding that they can do that and not him being told that they are doing that. That they I were doing it. it to be a choice. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a really sweet scene. Well, because I, I know that if he had met that rental lady before Ian signed the lease, he would have been like, absolutely not. We have to find another apartment complex. Oh, yeah. Oh, we've totally yeah. forgot to mention um, Mickey's amazing blackout curtains. <laughs> oh, when when he pulled that knife out, I was like, hey. I also love that scene where the lady's like, we have a whites only policy. That's fucking racist. What are you? <laughs> like, lady, you can't just say words in that order. You can't. You can't just say that. I've never heard of, like, I guess it's just because I've never really lived in, like, such a public apartment, stuff like that. But, like, only white curtains? Uh Uh-uh. I need, I need some, I need some blackout curtains. You think I'm gonna fall asleep? I'm Mickey. I need it complete dark at night. It's, like, to maintain the aesthetic of the building. It's some homeowners association shit. It's just, like, you can't have your lawn above four inches or anything, too. I love Mickey shitting on that stupid dog. So if it's a whites-only curtain policy, why do they not put curtains in all the apartments, then? If they want them to all be the same? provide curtains i also love the couple at the at the pool that are like they're they're thrown yeah the guy was a little bit of a dick but like they're thrown back by mickey's thing but then but then they're like so that's your husband he's passionate (laughs) yup well i think i think it was like they were like if ian and mickey were from the west side yeah they were if ian and mickey were like normal (laughs) yeah Because she was like, hey, could you stop being a dick for, like, four seconds while I talk to this new person? And, like... Also, consider... Oh, my God. Did you see the queen putting on her mask, though, when Ian sat next to her? We love to see it. Bestie. Yeah, I... Okay. Ian and Liam are the only members of the Gallagher family that wear their masks properly ever. Yeah, Yeah. Debbie literally... Debbie's is, like... It's either it's either below her nose or on her chin. She does the like the key to dragon, like hi. Yeah. 
but I so I really like the Ian and Mickey thing. I think they used their like Mickey freaked out a little bit, but then in the end they used their words and communicated, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like a this is the end of the relationship kind of fight. It was just a little fight that they had, and they got over it, and they're yeah. and now they're better. And I really liked it. I I don't think the kiss was as good as they advertised. I thought I thought Ian being a little roughhousing. Don't crucify me. I think it was cut short. The sh- it was cut short, and it was too close, and Noel and Cam's elbows were in the way. Like, it was too much. Yeah. It was cute. Like, it was very cute. Like, you barbarian. He's like, and his little, like, I'm gonna be smooched face. Like, Mickey, like, he's knows like, he's about to get I'm a smooch. I'm so mad at that tweet that you sent, though. It was like, Ian and Mickey get stuck in a snowstorm, and they roleplay fucking cavemen. <laughs> you know they would, and you, you know, know it would be would. the best sex they've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> you know they would. I was overall very happy with that storyline. I love Mickey solo scenes. I'm really, I'm always happy with them, so. That whole sequence at the beginning of us following him all the way to the Gallagher house was good. Mm -hmm. Because then it was like, then he meets that interaction with Lip and then we get to see like what Frank is doing and stuff. And it was a natural transition into the storyline of the rest of the house. It felt like a lot how they did with like a lot of Fiona scenes, like how Fiona would be coming back from like an event or doing something or like one of her major scenes and then come into the house and then that would open up the rest of the episode to like the rest of the kids already in the house and stuff like that. Like we find out things as she finds out things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Mickey being the new Fiona, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess to sort of link what we're going to talk about with Frank, I'm disappointed, and I talked about this on my TikTok. Follow my TikTok. <laughs> um, by the way, F R L E D M A N. I was disappointed that Ian was the only kid that didn't get some sort of closure. Not like closure, but some sort of final scene with Frank one on one. Does the show remember too that Ian is not Frank's kid? Does the show remember that? N- like, no, it, it almost feels like they remember that too much. Because yeah. I'm going to go on a tangent. I have so many Let's thoughts. Hear it. So Carl got one in the heist episode. Liam got the whole storyline this episode. Debbie got the one where she's beating the shit out of Frank. Lip got the one with the gold Oh, Frank. we didn't even talk about that with Debbie's scene. Her being a cunt and beating up her Oh my god, he's literally- First of all, he's he's old. He has dementia. What's he's wrong sick. with you? She's a bitch. Why do you, have to, why do you have to beat him up? Can't you just yell at him? Anyway. And Liam was so upset witnessing that, too. He Mm -hmm. was like, oh my god, Frank, are you okay? Like, Liam was so upset by that. It's also, like, the trauma to his body probably wouldn't help his brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trauma to his head. for the rest of the episode, he still has, like, the bloody nose. Like, he still looks fucked up from her beating the shit out of him. Yeah. And, like, you texted in the group chat, Lena, during that scene, too, when he started rejecting the alcohol- Oh, fuck, he probably forgot to take his liver medication. He probably forgot to start taking his liter- liver medication. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. All right, uh, continue. The writers your- probably didn't either. I Well, because if he wasn't taking his liver medication, he'd probably be, like, dying. Okay, so the- every other character got one. Ian didn't. I feel like they're very focused on delivering on Ian and Mickey content that they forget that Ian is a character outside of Mickey. They forget Ian's a Gallagher. They forget that he's a Gallagher, and it's like, I don't care that Ian is not Frank's son. They've spent, they spent so much time after that storyline kind of reinforcing the fact that it doesn't matter that Frank is still Ian's dad, like, and that he's still part of the family. Like, you use that in any context, not even shameless, of just, like, mixed families like that. Like, just because, like, he isn't your dad, he has been your father for 
your entire fucking life. Like, like he's hurt him, but he's also taking care. Like, you know what I mean? Because, like, Frank has had his moments with every kid where he's fucked them over, but he's also, like, taking care of them. Has there ever been, like, a good moment between Frank and Ian, though? Like, ever been one moment of genuine care between them? He tried to give him advice on the religion thing. Also coming to mind is, like, season two, like, men have always had men, that whole thing. So, I mean, there's never been, like, a really, really good moment between the two, but there's, like, and they've had a lot of bad moments, but it's just, like, they even had Ian being, like, like, after they met Clayton and Lip was, like, don't you want to live with him? Ian was, like, no, like, you're my brother. Debbie's my sister. Carl's my brother. He literally said something, like, Frank is my dad. I don't care what the what the test results say like like you're my family and i don't want to give that up like not saying like like frank is his savior and like my dad like my favorite dad it's like he's still my dad (laughs) but like he's his dad he was there clinton was not in the picture he didn't know clinton was his dad until like probably two hours before they drove over there so yeah that is disappointing that they didn't have that they left him out it felt incomplete that way Ooh, but that lip and frank scene oh yeah that lip and frank scene was good Ouch. They tried to make it like an Emily moment. I didn't like that. Yeah, was it an Emily moment? Was it them planting another, like, everything's going to be saved and we find that bar of gold in the backyard? Or was that a nothing throwaway thing that he remembered from his childhood? I think it's probably just a throwaway. Because if it was true, I would have felt like Lip would have been like, hey, I got to go look for this. But he didn't. That Yeah, yeah, Lip was probably like, that didn't happen. Maybe it was something that Frank did in his childhood that he's just, like, confusing. Because, like, Frank's been confusing, like, even his kids for, like, his family members and, like, other people. Plus, they've dug up- they've dug up the yard before. Yeah, they dug up a body, then- When they dug up Ginger. So, it's, like, if there was a bar of gold in the backyard, they would know about it by now. But that scene was really good for- for Lip, too. Like, if he was drinking. If- if that is what was going on with him. Like, here is your alcoholic dad with alcoholic dementia- losing his mind reminiscing about a thing that never happened yeah it's like nothing scares you sober more than that sorry it parallels the scene in in season four when they went out to that lobster dinner and then they went That's season uh, three ice skating mm-hmm. is it season three i thought that was season four because he was having his liver issues no, no, so... It's when that, they puke blood and vomit on the ice skating rink. That's when, yeah, because he takes him out after Lip graduates. Got it, got it, got it. They set up the storyline for Frank having liver issues. That, right. They, they diagnose him in the last episode of season three. Yeah, so that was a nice parallel to that. Yeah, no, that hurt being like, we're gonna be rich, we're gonna make so much money, you deserve to live this way, and it's just like, fuck. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. Um, Christian Isaiah again uh, gave a stellar performance this week. Oh my god, on the Always. leaderboard once again. Always. Once again. I would only have him lower down because of screen time. Like, yeah. honestly. Because mm-hmm. he's still killing Get it. Get rid of that stupid convict lady and give me more Liam scenes. Yep. Should we talk about the scene? The scene. Should okay. we give like a should we give a disclaimer about like Hold on, should we should we talk a little bit about him and then talk about the the scene in what way like, like him and liam like it yeah. was a lot of the same i mean it was just i i thought it was cute that liam was like let's you do things do that frank make you things? happy let's do frank things but but in terms of like what actually happened between them it was a lot of the same you know them sharing moments and doing things and whatnot and then coming home and frank mm-hmm. being like what did we do like yeah yeah and liam going like i don't think you ate enough today and like liam taking care that of him. hurt that hurt when he was like i don't think you ate enough today and he was like i think you're right and i was like <laughs> yeah and then he was like back at it again tomorrow i feel like at this it's everything's probably gonna hit liam the hardest out of all the kids he's the only one who's had a majority positive relationship with frank yeah even like last season too like 
like since like Christian has been the main Liam, I feel like him and his, a lot of his like main focus scenes have been with like Frank or V. Yeah. yeah. All right. So trigger warning: we're gonna talk about Frank's um, drug use and his his attempt. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Trigger warning for drugs, needles, and uh, suicide. Death. Yeah. yeah, I think that is a cop out that they didn't Frank like we got the preview for next week that Frank is not dead yet. I think it's a fucking cop out that he's not dead. Yeah, I think it's so annoying. It was such a somber scene. Not don't get me started on the music. We've already talked. We we know about our distance. Frank died with, to a Joji song. Yeah, like I feel like the scene itself was just so like me and Sebastian like we were like so drawn into it and then to watch that promo and to know that he isn't dead I was like whatever I felt in that last episode is not gonna be, I'm not gonna feel that again like if he if Frank ends up dying in like the next episode I feel like I'm not gonna have as much emotion as I did from the that last scene like if the final episode was them finding his body knowing he's dead and then coping and dealing with it in the last episode that would be a really great way to tie things up but him mm-hmm. being like between life and death the whole episode is like what the fuck what are we supposed to do with this it probably turned him into a vegetable and it's gonna be like there's no emotion yeah the only reason it would be interesting is if they were like we have to pull the plug now i yeah. don't know i do kind of admire frank for not admire that's the wrong word but i i kind of understand how he wanted to die on his own terms yeah mm-hmm. i like i respect it too because he, he's also yeah. seeing himself become a burden so he's like, I'm he's gonna- seeing himself become a burden. And he's also like the whole thing with Liam where he said, I'm walking around in a world I don't recognize. I almost wish he would have succeeded then. Yeah. Is that heartless and horrible to say? I want to say no, just from a viewer's standpoint and how we've watched him develop from this season. I feel like we've so invested in it that this would have been like, not like a whole like, yeah, he did it. Obviously, it's a sad moment and we don't want anyone to die, et cetera, et cetera. Right. It's just like, especially with how they framed him and how he's been seeing himself and especially with him intentionally doing two large ass needles, he was not trying to survive. He, that was an yeah. intentional overdose. And it's also just a stupid, we are a comedy show cop out of in the last episode. They're like, huh. Well, anybody got coffee? Like, it's so... So tone deaf. Let yourself be dramatic in your last episode. Let yourself be as good as you were in seasons three and four in your last fucking episode. Like, why? Yeah. And it's like, why with the not caring about him? Like, you know you would. Even they they were even sad when Monica died. Like, like when... Okay, honestly, I wish... Ian still talks about Monica. I wish so bad that he would have died and that the last scene would have been them finding his body. No reaction yet. The cut scene. I feel like the cut scene should have been them either coming down the stairs or coming in and then the next episode would be opening up to being like, guys... What yeah, like, fuck? I would have loved to see Lip walking in from the ball, from waiting outside Kevin V's house and finding and him. Just, and just, like, looking, just being like- Ian and Mickey were upstairs, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. And then Liam was upstairs, and then Carl was probably in the basement. Like, they were all home. Gabby was probably home. They were all home. And the fact that they he wrote, home. like, a goodbye note, what if they never find it? The one thing that was kind of confusing to me is that he already had it on the table next to his setup next to him, but him getting up, putting it on the fireplace, then it falling, and then him sitting back down, I was like... Maybe so they would see it. He wanted to make sure they would see it. But I feel like if it was next to his heroine, they would have seen it. Pro- yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was like this, the tried to do a thing with the symbolism where he put it next to like a young picture of Carl. Yeah, but then it fell off. 
I thought it was going to fall in the fire and they weren't going to see it. That's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been more dramatic. The way it fell, I was like, ooh, they're they, it's not going to be found. Is it hide behind a book or something? Also, him injecting it with um, right next to the Frank Loves Franny tattoo. Oh. <sighs> Things that hurt. Oh, that hurt. And then them leaving the last needle in his arm from, like, the very last, like, scene or whatever. I'm like, there was so much in that scene that wrapped him up. And then I, just from, like, a viewer standpoint and being invested in the show for so long, and obviously you guys will feel the fucking same. It's just, like, I'm not going to feel the same way I felt when I see him next episode. Yeah. It's just going to be more upsetting being, like, now he's probably a vegetable. No, not incoherent. The kids are probably just going to see their dad lifeless in a bed for this whole episode. And then, right. like you said, it might have to be the decision of keep him in like a hospice, like just pump him full and keep him alive or pull the plug. Like, I'm not going to have the same sadness knowing we just watched him do that to himself when we know he doesn't want to be in the situation they're going to put him in in this next episode. Right. Because, you know, if Frank's coherent at all, he's going to be like, kill me. I don't want to be here. It's just upsetting because I feel like that could have wrapped him up so well. And now I'm just like sad because I'm like, I feel like it's not going to give us anything. And it's like, what a, like, what a Frank way to go out too. You know what I mean? The bang. He wants to go out with a bang, like doing drugs, being himself. Go out, go out high. Because even when he hits it, he was like, that's so much better. Like he he, like literally after the first injection, he's like, thank God. Like you could see the relief over him. William H. Macy gave it in this episode too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's on the leaderboard. Wait, character actor that just gets hit by a truck and then we don't discuss it. Like, they they just hit him with a truck. And they were and like, then, silly. And then moved on with the His episode. His name is Sean Whalen. He's a character actor. Yeah, I know. They love, they love character actors in this show, like uh, Luis Guzman. But anyway, yeah, the Frank storyline with Liam all day was really good. And then that ending, I was so satisfied until... I wasn't. Until we got the promo. I was so satisfied until we got the promo. Because I thought he was dead the entire time until I watched that promo. And then me and Sebastian were like, come on. We were like, we went through that whole grieving moment just already just being like, damn, Frank's gone. Like, that was such a good way to end his character. He's finally done suffering. And then for him to be like, he's in the hospital. And we were like, all right. Yeah. But speaking of the promo for next week, and we are finally getting a little bit of clarity on on next week. I am really angry about the Frank of it all. But the whole time we were watching when we were like, why are there Polish flags everywhere and all these behind the scenes photos? And then somebody finally <sighs> caught a glimpse of a first anniversary banner. <sighs> and the way that that promo set up, we think Mickey planned the surprise anniversary party. Because we were talking last week and we were like, oh, what if it's Ian who's surprising Mickey? But we're like, no, 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 we're turning the tables around. It's Mickey surprising Ian. It's definitely because Mickey, they're like going furniture shopping. He's probably acting pissy as shit all day. He's like, let's go to the alibi and get a drink. Ian's probably gonna be like, I'm not gonna mention it because I know he knows what day it is. The wedding was so important to him. And then he's not gonna mention it. And then finally, before they go to the alibi, Ian's probably gonna explode and be like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like, it's our fucking anniversary and you didn't even say anything to me all day about it. And you're just acting pissy, like, at me. Like, what? And then Mickey's gonna be like, come inside. Also, somebody took a screenshot of uh, the scene in the Gallagher kitchen where Kev's like, everybody should come to the alibi half-place drinks. Everybody in the kitchen is looking at Kev delivering that line going like, 
could you be more obvious? And like Ian being is just like, like drinking coffee and being stupid. Like Mickey is like scratching his eyebrow, like ah. <laughs> it's funny, Debbie. Debbie literally smiles at Kev, like like she like smirks at him, like mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting though that they would keep like the Polish theme because remember like the whole dispute with that uh venue was like she's homophobic. Yeah, but they got married at the Polish doll. It's funny. And oh, uh, true, true, true. I was just, I was saying because like it seems like uh, there's like people from like the Polish place are there because remember they were like remember they were like they're homophobic. Yeah, people from the Polish doll are probably there because they think it's funny or they have like Polish like dancers and stuff there, but. I think I can see them actually bringing that back because it's just a funny joke. It's just them going like, "We got married to the Polish doll." It's just stupid. Well, when Frank uh, got dropped in Canada and then came back and they redecorated the alibi with like Canadian flags and shit, yeah. <laughs> like they like they think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then somebody else took a screenshot in the promo. There's like a clip of Mickey clapping at yeah. the door, like everybody like getting excited when the door and then opens. like Ian's chin. And you can see him jacket. like like totally like open face like. The way that we are investigating and just raising our bar just like three inches off the floor. No, my bar is so low. Honestly. <laughs> it's so interesting though that this is gonna be our last episode and we're just like Should we talk about Fiona? No. Should we make pr- predictions? She's not coming back. You couldn't bring Emmy back for three million dollars. She wouldn't come back. What about a FaceTime call? What if she reads uh, Frank's note as it's closing? Nah. It's not gonna happen. Nah. It's not. Th- it, Emmy is going to be in no way involved in this finale. No, I don't think she's gonna be involved at all. <laughs> I, I honestly, if it was like a phone call or something or just a mention, I would, I would be fine. But if they actually physically brought her back, I would be genuinely disappointed. Yeah. I would. And we've talked yeah. about this before. I was like, you've been gone for three seasons. I don't want to see you again. Everybody misses her so much. And her presence is so, like, the lack of her is so felt in the show that bringing her back would actually do them a disservice. Because then we would all, we would all focus on her instead of the other characters. It would just be mean at this point. And they've done so much to try to undo, ev- like, her influence on the past nine seasons they because it used to be the fiona show so when she left they were like oh shit this is still the fiona show but without fiona (laughs) and like now it feels like shit so they tried to make it about other characters so actually bringing her back would just totally undo everything they did so yeah predictions for the next episode i'm gonna be frustrated by the everything going on with frank liam is probably gonna break my heart every second that he's on screen liam's probably gonna ruin me yeah lip is gonna piss me off ian and mickey i am mildly excited for ian and mickey I'm mildly excited. I'm going to be mad that they're beefing a little bit. And then they're, I'm wondering about that scene with the crib or whatever. I want a baby discussion. Mm. I want a, I want a, but I don't want a baby. I want a baby discussion. I want a baby discussion. Yes. I want to bring up, um, when I don't know if it was, I think it was the interview with Emma. So she, yeah. Flat out says that not all of the storylines are going to be wrapped up. And I'm really, I'm really upset with that because they could have used this episode and the next episode to slowly start wrapping things up. But knowing that some characters are not going to have like a closure scene, it makes, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm going to be satisfied with that. Is it because they're trying to leave the door open for like a reunion or a reboot? Because that would be fucking stupid. It seemed like... What Emma said is that she just, like, they said they're leaving it open to people can use their imaginations. I'm like, no, I don't want to use my imaginations. I've been living with these characters for 11 years. I want to know what their outcome is and how they are going to continue on with their life, not just being like, like, if they just said, oh, Mickey and Ian moved to the West Side, and then that's all we know about Mickey and Ian, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be satisfied with that. 
Yeah. I Not mean, just strictly Ian and Mickey, but also, like, if it's just, like, Liam moves in with Lip. Like, I don't want that just to be the ending for that. I want, like, a final... Like, remember the end of season seven when they all had those, fi- like, those little scenes of them doing their their things? Like, Debbie was welding and Carl was doing the spray paint and Ian was doing EMT stuff. It's like... And Lip was at an AA mm-hmm. meeting. It's like everybody, like, had their little wrap-up scene. I... I feel like we're already pre-disappointed. We're already, like, anticipating being disappointed. In this show, we've watched and for 11 years that we're dedicating hours and hours a week into... into to working on and talking about and going back over we're dedicate we're we're committing to going through the rest of the series i'm gonna watch some of the seasons for the first time because of this and like i it's i'm so angry i think i decided that season 10's finale is the actual finale because i think everybody got i everybody got a real resolution so well Except, I mean, except Debbie, because they and were Lip. like, oh, she's going to jail. No, Lip did, because then oh, him and Tammy, the him yeah, and yeah, Tammy yeah. made up at the end, too. That, honestly, and then leaving, like, Debbie running from the cops, I feel like that would have been, like, a really good shameless ending. Like, everyone, Mickey and Ian married, Carl doing his own thing, like, Debbie running away. Like, I feel like that that's so juicy to be leaving off on. Frank and Liam were hanging out, and, like, they went to the wedding, and then also with the whole, like, Susanna thing, it's like... Well, okay, John Wells in an interview, because I read a couple of his interviews before season 11, said that there are four episodes that could serve as series finales. Season 7, season 9, season 10, and season 11. Interesting. Yeah. Season 11 doesn't count. <laughs> oh, yeah, already doesn't count. When the actual finale is worse than four seasons ago's finale. <laughs> Supernatural? <laughs> And not even that, but just, like, it's just about, like, writing satisfying endings. And me and Amanda can both vouch for this, and, like, probably you too, Lena, but especially, like, we can use Supernatural in the context. You have so many seasons to go off of that you grew up and you live with, and you experience these characters and these scenes, and you know them, and then you get that finale, and you're just, like, crushed. You're like, how much of my time and life have I dedicated for this to not be satisfied by the show that has done so much, and, like, it sucks now because it's happened with Supernatural and now it's going to happen with Shameless. And it's just so frustrating because like a lot of the main core shows that I've always enjoyed for my entire life are coming to an end and watching these endings be bad. That's shit hurted it. <laughs> the way that the Supernatural finale was just swan song, but again, uh, it was, was so stupid. <laughs> I th- Swan song, but in yeah. reverse. I think that when you start, because obviously it's like, oh, of course, like writers, you know, you never really know when your show's going to end. And like, but if you're, I think if you're starting a show, you should make it uh, a priority to write a satisfying end for each mm-hmm. season, just in case, and then also have a grand idea of how the show will end. Prime example being Dan Levy with Shit's Creek. Dan-, Dan Levy is like, here is the story I would like to tell. And he went in and he told it over the course of six seasons and he ended it beautifully and he got the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. Like, here's a story I'd like to tell. Like, there's been plenty of bad endings, but how do you fuck up so bad? And like, especially when you have so much to refer back to. To build off of. There's so much depth to these characters because you've built them up over 11 years. Why are you not drawing yeah. from that? And like, I feel You like- know that longtime viewers are going to appreciate it. I truly believe these writers write for the short-term viewers. These yeah. writers write for the viewers that are in it for one season. I read I read something that said, like, one of the writers, and this is why the age timeline is so fucked up, too, said that John Wells tells them to write for the storyline 
but not for the over like right for the storyline of the episode, but not for the overall storyline of which the makes series. no which fucking makes no sense. And so and so he literally said to them like if there are little details like a character's age that don't make sense, you can change them to fit the storyline. And it's like no, no, continuity is important. Longtime viewers will understand. Like longtime viewers will see that and point it out. Be and confused. John Wells, where do you live? I just want to talk. John Wells, we know your show's about to end, but we need to talk. We know that you weren't even there to end your show. <laughs> he wasn't even there. Every other show that he's worked on, he's left the writer's room before the show ended. Like he he wasn't involved in production. Yeah. And especially since Paul Abbott like isn't even credited anymore in the episodes. Like Paul Abbott, the creator of the UK Shameless, on the newest, on the last episode, Paul Abbott and John Wells are always like, they're always like automatically credited on IMDb. John Wells is the only one credited. Paul Abbott is not credited. He's credited on the Showtime website, oh. but not, I guess not in the, like, cause you, you, the website has credits for each episode, like who wrote it, who directed it, but, and so John and Paul are always on there and then whoever wrote and directed the episode. I knew us talking about this would be long because we're talk we're setting up for next but week. But let's get to our stars of the week. My personal stars of the week, it goes Noel Fisher, Jeremy Allen nope. White, I don't know um, what the top well, either. You are immediately wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. You're fucking wrong. Noel Fisher, Jeremy Allen White, William H. Macy, Christian Isaiah. That's my top four. Argue with the wall. <laughs> argue with the wall. It's argue with the wall. It's fucking. Uh, well, okay. I think Jeremy and William are tied for first. I wholeheartedly then Noel, disagree. Then Liam. Wholeheartedly disagree. I put. I okay. Argue with my I wall. I would put lip at the top. Then I would put. Uh, Bill Macy, and then I would put Liam. And I'd put Where's Noel? Noel's what the, the fuck is up with you? I Christian Isaiah was only you... in like five minutes of this episode. What are you talking you just, about? You like him so, <laughs> so much. This episode, he Get was, out of he was break. the thread Get out of there. pulling the episode the whole time. Don't care. I'm not breaking up this fight. You keep going. <laughs> <laughs> this is entertaining for me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I would, I would. We're fighting, we're fighting about you, Evan. <laughs> That's why it's fun for me. Okay, no, I would, I would reverse. Um, like I love Christian Isaiah, but he was only in a few minutes of this episode. Okay, I would flip him in. Well, same with Bill Macy, but it's like the whole scene at the end totally made up yeah. for it. I feel like I only give. He's fucking bringing I'm, it. Like I'm giving Mickey the credit, as in I'm glad that we're getting more solo Mickey screen time. But I feel like his character today wasn't this episode wasn't as in depth and like almost like kind of heart invested like it was with like lip and like it Bill. was in it was in depth but it didn't connect to the big storyline yeah. of frank it connected to his own storyline that he's been going through about movies. because i used like ian and mickey this episode as in like as we've talked about like kind of like the more lighthearted from when you jump from scene to scene they did feel a little disconnected yeah. so like it would be like you had mickey throwing chairs into a pool and then you had lip literally having a breakdown in the kitchen like it was just kind of like if that's where I put the why he was a bit lower or not. Not saying that Noel didn't do a great job. I'm just saying in terms of like in terms of like all stars, like like best scenes. Oh yeah, not saying he didn't perform. He fed us. I like the Jeremy Bill scene in the kitchen. I think that's that's like my yes. Standout that's why I episode. put them at the top. I'm mm, I won't be shaken. So. <laughs> No, no, no. You know what? When will you heal? <laughs> never. <laughs> I will, will literally you start to never heal? heal. Okay, um, viewers, Lena will not be on next week's episode because she ships Licky, so... <laughs> I think they should have kissed... <laughs> 
We simply cannot have her here anymore. I think it would be funny if um, Lip confessed his love to Mickey in the last episode and then they killed Ian together. And then together. Tammy divorces him and then Ian and- And they killed Ian together and ran off to Mexico. <laughs> Debbie gets with Tammy, Lip and Mickey, Ian takes Liam. Hold on a damn minute. Oh, shut the fuck up. Okay, we have to get out of here. So I have now an hour and a half of raw audio to go through and try and cut into a mini episode by midnight tonight. This can't be a mini this episode. No, it's about them. the finale. Them our finale episode. Okay, next week, I know we're going to talk for like probably two hours. Oh, yeah. So we disagree. We disagree. Of the order of the all stars of this week. But-, but, but, but we can comment. We put all the same people in the top four. So yes. true. Yeah. True. So it counts. I'm mildly excited for the finale. I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to temper my expectations. I have been burned before. Expectations are already at the very bottom of the barrel, so. Yeah. Could walk over the bar that I set. <laughs> you could crawl over it. The bar you set is a speed bump. It's a speed hump. It's not even. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's been the episode. We're excited for the finale for you all. Let's see whenever the fuck this episode comes out. Sorry if it was yeah, late. Um, let's get out of here. Um, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>